Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to a super special bonus episode of Musicals with Cheese. I am incredibly honored to be joined by Lady Knight the Brave from the incredible YouTube channel. How are you doing? Hi! <laughs> That's really funny to hear you just turn it on. <laughs> it, 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 Hello! It, <laughs> it has become a joke because for me and Andrew because I love doing that and he is just always himself. There is a performance side of this. <laughs> So we're doing this today because I love Parade. I don't think I told you this, Lady Night, but it is my favorite musical of all time. I think <laughs> like you it... mentioned uh, that it's one of your favorites. And also, I did listen to a little bit of your Parade episode today just because I was curious. Uh, yeah, you guys got off topic. I didn't listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I, I, we, that, that does tend to happen, especially in you our early episodes. You guys are very episodes. concerned about whether this is slandering the self. <laughs> or I think he, Andrew was. He was. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> I was like, I'm, no, it's not. <laughs> I am 100% sure if we did that episode right now today, there would be a wholly different discussion. It's, it's pretty incredible how over 200 episodes we've both changed as human beings. I know, I know. You've talked before about, you know, the early episodes and how you cringe at them. So I was just I was just curious what you guys were going to get into. And uh, I listened to a little bit of it. So I know you said it was your favorite musical. Yes. Um, and I've never actually had a proper discussion about it with um, someone else that was Jewish, except for my good friend Kevin Keller, who also shares it as his favorite musical. And oh. anytime we talk, we literally just talk about parade. Anytime we bump into each other, <laughs> wow. that is all we talk about. Wow. It is so rare to see someone else that not only knows about parade, but also loves it so much. I think I had stumbled upon it like back in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I remember reading the wiki and like looking at clips or, or listening to clips or something uh probably around when sweeney todd was happening mm-hmm. was big because the movie um i feel like i found it then and i was just like whoa that seems intense and intense. uh i didn't really get that much farther than that <laughs> uh yeah and it's not a show that i've ever seen live so mm-hmm. yeah today was pretty much the first time that i'd seen parade <laughs> Yes, and it literally just stemmed. And Lady Knight, this is this is honestly a first for my entire podcast. You have not guessed it on their podcast before, but we've been pretty good friends for a while now. It's 
been a minute. It was really funny because I, I feel like the way it happened was just that I had started listening to your podcast in like some sort of a slump. And it was just like, I, I don't I like podcasts anyway, because I like noise, but I really liked because you guys covered a lot of musicals I don't know, or just like older ones. And you would play the songs, which was just great because then I could actually <laughs> hear bits of the musical and go, oh, maybe I should look this one up. I'm liking this music. That was very useful. And I liked that. So I was listening to a lot of the podcasts and then I made a tweet one day and I see Jesse McAnally liked a tweet and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I just slid into your DMs like, hello, um, hi. <laughs> just like, oh, have you been following me this whole time? Crazy. <laughs> I just started listening to your podcast. I have some notes. <laughs> yeah, which is great, but we, we've been communicating pretty nonstop trying to arrange a date to actually do a an episode and don't worry you will be on a proper episode soon it's already it's in the books it's happening Good. but yes. i i just love parade so much and it was just on my mind after your most recent video and i was mm. like i wonder are we gonna if end up talking about the holocaust in this <laughs> i want to kind of avoid that because that's not really what parade is about this it's time. true it's not the events of it predate <laughs> Yeah, but there, there's some ties, some yeah. very rough ties, but not much. Um, but I was just thinking about Parade, and I do that every summer. Every summer, I do tend to revisit this Every musical. summer? I'm... On Confederate Memorial Day. <laughs> In the old red hills of Georgia. <laughs> so I was just curious, like... I've never had a proper Jewish reading of it because I know Jason Robert Brown, um, the president of the Jason Robert Brown fan club, <laughs> does tend to talk about this a lot and has a lot of readings on it. So does Alfred Urey, but a lot of Gentiles are the ones that do a lot of the analysis of this musical. Mm. So I'm like, I, mean, I just want to hear more opinions on how it's represented and how the culture is represented in it. Like, the thing is, Leo, as presented in the show, is a very mm. specific type. He's a type that exists. Like, I don't think it was bad representation. Um, it's just very specific. Um, one to the time and two to the region. Like, there's just a type of New York Jew that he's kind of being um, in the show. There were little details that I really liked um, in the 2009 production that you sent me. Um, when he sang the Shema, he starts to do that little bob back and forth. That's a thing people do in synagogues. That's a thing people do when they pray. That was a little detail. I really liked that. I also found it really funny, the bit about um, Mary Fagan, that he went like, Fagan? And because my mind jumped to that immediately, too. Like, <laughs> Fagan, the extremely anti-Semitic stereotype from Oliver Twist. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, it's in Phalanx. Okay. And I was like, that's. That's cute. That made me laugh. Um, um, so, yeah. I think that's like the a lot of people describe Parade as very dour, but I think I think there's a good amount of comedy in it where it feels like an honest lived in world and the I characters mean, like, feel I real. Say I laughed at a ton of the jokes. Honestly, I think the one that made me laugh the most was the wife um, when mm -hmm. she comes to visit him on the prison farm. And he's like, have you bribed that guard yet? And she's like, not yet. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's. 10 out of 10. I honestly, because the subject matter was so heavy, I was not laughing a lot, but like I appreciated some of the jokes, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't I, even call them jokes. I'd just call them character moments. I mean, it's honestly, it's the style of delivery was reminding me of like Borschfeld comedians. Mm. Like there's just a kind of a ah, na, 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 uh, kind of a, a, a way that some of those lines are delivered that is very like, this is how Jewish comedians say funny things 
Um, not for bad or good, just kind no, of that just was what I noticed. Neutral <laughs> statement. Yeah. Um, I, I can see that too. And there's been so many different ways people played it. Some people played it more sincere. Laura Badanti tended to play it more comedy because that's what her strength is. Um, but there's just moments where I'm just like, that feels real. Like when Leo's afraid to bring up having sex with his wife, she's like, it's all over the Bible. Come on. That was cute. I thought it was interesting, honestly, that it all leads to like their, I guess, marriage nuptials finally, like in the prison like that. At least at least that's the way it looks in the 2009 production. Like yeah. they literally lie down in bed and I was like, oh, wow. All right. I mean, I don't know that I needed that. I would have, I would have loved a nice hug, <laughs> but like, I guess, I guess we set it up in Act One. They gotta fuck. All the Wasted Time is probably one of my favorite like Broadway songs of all time. And it gives me the same feels as Do You Love Me from Fiddler on the Roof of two people mm. that only realize they are truly in love with one another after years of marriage, which is such a specific thing. And I, I love it. And both of them give me the same kind of feelings. Like just the beginning twinkle of All the Wasted Time gets me kind of choked up. I really liked the one that he sings when she is like uncovering everything. I forget what it's called, yes. but I think um, it's um, this is not over yet. Yeah, I really liked that one. Um, I, it, you know, what's funny is I really loved the wife, uh, Lucille. But I also felt like there was a step missing for her development because she just never really questions her husband. Like she kind of does once, but mostly she's just so loyal. And even when he's being kind of a jackass, she's still being very loving and bringing him meals. And I was like, I would have loved a moment, maybe in act one, where she had a song to just be like, I am having some complicated feelings about what they're saying about my husband. <laughs> like, I think in theory that's supposed to be you don't know this man. Yeah, where... but that's still her being loyal to the end. Like she's still just being. I think the question at the end where it's like you're saying all these things, but you're not saying he's innocent, and then she doesn't answer. I feel she like that is enough of an answer. She's Semitic shitheads. Honestly, I. The thing I found most interesting about her is that she's also Jewish, but she's a Southern Jew. And mm -hmm. they don't harp on that a lot because they're very coding Leo as like, you know, New York Yankee Jew. But she's also Jewish. And so like there is a level of fear, I think, for her, too, in every yeah. interaction that I'm just like, I don't know. I would have gotten out of there, too. I would have left. <laughs> But I don't think she leaves in the end. I think she's like, no, this is no, my I home. Mean, I mean, the leaves that specific interaction. Gotcha, gotcha. She does, she does 
and it's very interesting because this is a thing that I've seen across a lot of minorities where they they want to highlight like I'm not this I'm like I have a friend who's uh like I don't know half quarter Japanese whatever but she she'll say like she's you know an American Japanese person like she'll foreground that and so for her to just be like I'm a Georgia girl I was like huh that's interesting I I think she's an interesting character I just feel like there's a step missing in her development that I would have loved I agree yeah I I, I, I agree um so fun fact what development was there was not originally there um that's so not surprising in, in the place of do it alone Leo which I think is one of the more effective songs yeah no that sounds great there, it just used to be a Leo moment where he just sings about having something to say and writing about his own innocence. That was okay. what was originally there, and I'm it doesn't work as well. I'll play a little clip of it here. Um, yeah, it doesn't work that well, in my mm -hmm. opinion. You needed the the tagline for this show when it hit Broadway was a true story, a love story, and huh. I think that is what really does tend to work here. Um, yeah. I have a lot of trouble with true crime in most media. I, it's something I just struggle with. Um, yep. I think this is the only way you could do a true crime musical effectively. <laughs> Honestly, I think the one thing in the show that I think is a real fuck up isn't anything involving the Jewish rep. I think the I fact that they actually implicate that one guy, Jim the Conley. chain gang guy. Yeah, I think the fact that they, because the part of the show that I thought was really effective is that not only not only are Jewish people a victim under white supremacy, but everybody's under, a victim under white supremacy and marginalized groups can harm each other trying to survive under white supremacy. And I thought that was really, really well established. And and like the way the way the maid ends up being made to, you know, falsely whatever in the trial. And there's that whole number, the rumbling and the rolling number where yes. the two do you know goddamn good. I can tell you this as a matter of fact that the local hotels wouldn't be so packed if a little black girl had gotten attacked. God! Cause a white man gonna get hung, you see There's a black man swinging in every tree But they don't never pay attention They'll never say why, why, why But if a Yankee boy... But it is, it is tempting to fall into that sort of trauma Olympics mindset, which is what they're doing in that song of being like, oh, now they care because a white man's gonna get hung. And it's like, that's a valid response to have in that time period. And it's just, it's really interesting to see that depicted. And the fact that they then make a black man be the villain of the piece and very clearly say, this man raped that little girl, uh, I think Ugh. is a huge mistake. I, I also think it goes to show the sidestepping of a certain element of the Leo Frank case. Do you find it odd that Leo Frank's lawyer doesn't say anything? Oh, you mentioned something about this. Apparently that is in the in the other episode you said his lawyer was hella racist. Yeah, well, that was their defense. Like, how can you trust someone like that over our word? It like there was a lot of slurs being thrown around yeah. in, in Which that they still court case. Do a couple of N-words in the show. Not um, as much in the more recent productions. They in on the Broadway one. It's oh, like we're... sung so many times. Oh, like, and I as a story written by two um, white Jewish men. Um, it's a little. It's a little. It's a little distracting, and I think they made the right call by removing it. 
Yeah. Um, according to Jason Robert Brown, a lot of choices were um, kind of forced on them by their director, Hal Prince. Do you know anything about Hal Prince? He's the one who said it's about cats. Yes, he, <laughs> he did do that. Um, here he's like, it's about the tree. We, we really need to focus on the tree. Listen, I love the tree imagery that you showed me. I think that's <laughs> stunning. Um, I don't think that should be all there is. But I do think on its own, that is very beautiful. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, he really wanted to focus on the town, which is why a lot more of the reporters got big numbers and such. And when um, Jason Robert Brown and Alfred Urey went to revive it for the UK production and the subsequent concert production, they cut the score down quite a bit, focused mm-hmm. it solely on Leo and Lucille, and it removed a lot of slurs. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's for the best. (laughs) To the benefit of the show. And I'm very curious. Have you read that they're doing a new revival of this later this year, starring Ben Platt as Leo Frank? No! (laughs) No! Not Ben Platt! No! Uh, No! To be be frank, no no pun intended, (laughs) um, it does lean to every one of Ben Platt's strengths this role. I think he'll do fine. He is the right age for it. He looks like, he looks more like Leo Frank than Jeremy Jordan does. He's just a, he's such a meme at this point. I'm worried that he's going to distract from the piece. I I think, I think he might do better than we think. I, 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 and I am known for memeing on Dear Evan Hansen. I am the king of memeing on Dear Evan Hansen. Like I, he is when, when he's on stage, he is fine. (laughs) I agree. Don't film him apparently, or maybe just, I don't know. I I do wonder how he was directed because he was normal in the Pitch Perfect movies Um, or relatively normal. His character is quite odd, but you know, Um, yeah, I don't know. I mixed feelings. I'll say I, I think he's a very nice singer. He'll sing it great. He'll sing it beautifully. That I have no doubt. Act it well too. Like, I think he will, I don't think he's going to lean into the tears as much here. It's not a very tearful role. Um, Maybe once during it's hard to speak my mind during the closing statement. The problem I have with this production from what I read is they're leading into the true crime aspect by using mm. pictures of the actual trial and really leaning into that. And I'm just not a if fan of that. If they show a picture of the lynching, I'll be pissed. Yeah, it's just that that would be three that steps be, too far. Yeah, no, no. I'm like the pictures of the whatever. Fine. I get it. And honestly, considering recent um, uh, questionable court trials. I, yep. I definitely thought of that once or twice while watching this show. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like, it definitely, it's definitely a good reminder about why uh, we should take news media out of court cases. Uh, yeah, this was a sensationalist trial and the entire, it's the entire, like, city had their minds made up before the jury even came. The jury only, like, delegated for four hours before they decided he should die, which is yeah. terrifying. Um, but the reason why I have faith in this production, do you know who Michael Arden is? Yes. He's directing it. He also directed oh. the Spring Awakening Deaf West production yeah and he was hunchback in the 2015 uh yeah no i love michael arden although i will say his his speaking voice in the hunchback show where it feels like he was trying to play deaf by doing this really weird like uh, voice was weird it was weird it's really weird his speaking voice in that show was weird and i really like listening to the album and then i'll play it for friends and i'll be like hang on it'll get good in a minute i swear but i do like michael arden (laughs) 
Um, I will be very interested in that production. And I don't think I brought this up in our original episode, but Alfred Urey, who is also the writer of the book and yeah. was the big one, um, he is related to the one that originally owned the pencil. I think he, it was his great uncle who owned the pencil factory where Leo Frank worked and the murder happened. Yeah, that's what it said on the wiki. So, yeah. That's crazy. Um, Yuri was brought in by Hal Prince to really discover this. Uh, originally, mm -hmm. Hal Prince went to Stephen Sondheim to do Saw that the, on the wiki, too. The score, and Sondheim was just doing Passion, and he was like, I, I'm just, it's it's too depressing. <laughs> I can't <laughs> handle this. Sondheim said it was too depressing. That's I, funny. It, it mean, <laughs> Passion was pretty intense situation for him. Have you watched okay. Passion before? Uh, I remember your episode on it, but I don't remember the plot. <laughs> um, ugly girl falls in love with attractive guy. Shenanigans happen. It's Andrew Lloyd Webber through the guise of Sondheim. And it's one of my right. favorite Sondheim musicals. I think it's very good. Um, but it is very heavy. Um, so I kind of get why you sidestep this. Did I? Does the wiki explain how Jason Robert Brown got involved with this? Um, somebody's daughter liked him for Hal, some reason. Hal Prince's daughter directed, uh, what is it? Songs for a New World, which was his song cycle. He was, I think he was just barely 22, 23 or at the time. And she's like, oh no, he's really, really good. Come on in. And he, Jason Robert Brown wrote, wrote one song as his audition. And that song was the old Red Hills of Home. Wow. And Alfred Yuri cried immediately as soon as hearing it it's so interesting because i i appreciate that the 2009 production was just not fucking around with yes, their it, imagery like no. they were very clear about which so interesting in 2009 you know that was a different time when you think about what was what was going on then i mean we yes. were just into the obama years we thought we were safe um but they were being very pointed about their imagery when they put on the hoods i i gasped um, like I could tell they were handing out the hoods. I could tell that's what was happening. And then they put them on and I, and I all, and yeah. Um, and like all the use of the Confederate flag imagery, like mm. they were being very, very pointed about what was being critiqued, which I liked. And I think honestly, the strongest thing that a new production would do would be to be even more pointed rather than show old, you know, newsreels or whatever the hell show yeah. january 6 footage just show pictures of january 6 during old hills of georgia well do you know what's <laughs> happened in our most recent production of assassins no so the, the assassins ends with it's about all the assassins of presidents right um, right 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 yes yes okay, um yes. It ended with January 6th footage. That's smart. <laughs> like af after they did that. But I think that because they opened the show before COVID and then they had to reopen post COVID. So it, it was a post COVID edition because mm, they had already yeah. started doing previews before. So I think like if you're coming back to a new world, you got to adjust. And I completely agree. Yeah. I just, I really hope they don't show the photo of the actual lynching. That would be I know. Tasteless. The thing is you can't even Google Leo Frank just for information without seeing that lynching photo as like the first thing listen i've looked at a lot of fucked up images recently i'd be fine but there are a lot of people who are sensitive to that sort of thing yeah. and it is it i i try to be careful in my own shit about showing real people's dead bodies because i think that is unkind to the dead <laughs> very much so <laughs> um so i would hope they don't do that but um yeah i don't know i like honestly there wasn't a lot of jewish stuff in the show really 
it was just a lot more of like this is what anti-semitism looks like <laughs> which like boy yes. does it <laughs> Um, there is that side of it like you brought up like the people of color kind of being used as pawns in this overall story which ain't ain't a great look yeah no well fighting again fighting white supremacy is a team sport we weren't there yet but you know intersectionality is a new fun craze we got to get on board that (laughs) we weren't there in 1913 or whatever Mm -hmm. um culturally it's yeah no i i just it's interesting because yeah it's there's not a lot about judaism in it really i i did think it was very powerful i said this to you already but i'll just for listeners uh the second to last song is called shema uh shema is like a major prayer that is just said a lot uh shema literally means like listen or hear uh and he just he just says the shema I mean, not the whole thing, but he says like a line or two of it. And it was really good. I liked that bit. Uh, I thought that was really well done. Um, How did you feel about it being the same melody as the old relative Red Hills of Home? The the Georgians connection to their beliefs. Baruch Shem Gvot Malchuso Leolam interesting because i feel like it's one of those things that you could read a lot of different things into it like because at the beginning of the show he is constantly separating himself from his wife and from all the southernness Mm. and then he talks about like he's a farm boy now and (laughs) it it feels like he's accepting his own sort of being a part of the south now in the worst way unfortunately um and it's i don't know i feel like it could be read a lot of different ways about like the South co-opting his legacy. Um, there's a lot of different readings I feel like you could put into that. Um, just him singing it to the to the tune of the Red Hills of Georgia song. Um, I also really like the choice that, um, at least in the 2009 one, uh, uh, Lucille doesn't sing during the finale. Like yeah. when they're all singing, she's just standing there on the stage, not saying anything. And it's really upsetting. You want her to sing just to like break the tension, but she doesn't. And I was like, that's a really good choice. It's upsetting me, but it's it's good. I agree. There's a lot of things that are just upsetting, but good. Um, I think that might be an alternate title to this musical. <laughs> <laughs> would you believe that this show flopped when it first premiered on Broadway? <laughs> um, I would believe that very much. Yes, I would. Uh, it's people don't love those kinds of stories. They people they really just want their love. bluesicles taken away from them. They just don't, honestly, because I think the thing that's difficult about the show is the complexity of it in that there aren't a lot of good people. Like, Leo is shown to be a pretty flawed person. Not a rapist, but a flawed person. And he's not particularly nice, you know, to his wife for, like, the whole first act. He's kind of a piece of shit. And, you know, like, I guess his wife might be the one nice person in the show. But, like, it's just, there's not a lot of people to root for. And the person Mm -hmm. who is the victim of the piece is a complicated, flawed person. And that's not something that people love to engage with. They like, uh, you know, easy martyrs. I agree. But also the show's... One of the most complicated things I think this show deals with in a lot of its portrayal is they don't have any mustache twirling villains in the same way. Like I, I think would I said this, the I, chain gang guy might be that. <laughs> yeah, yes, and 
the original production, I would say it was definitely that. In more recent productions, I think Josh Henry in the concert version played him as if he was innocent. That was a sincere choice I felt in that performance. I don't know. I feel like the lyrics just being what they are, where he's literally singing about taking a little girl in that song, that second song. Yeah, and then, and then he just honestly the choice that he made that I thought was really interesting, almost funny but upsetting. Just like I didn't know what to make of it was that he keeps stopping at the microphones on his way off stage to go like yeah, and then like, he stops the next one goes yeah, and then he gets like kind of shepherded off the stage. And I was like, that's I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the lyrics are the lyrics and it's hard to just not be like, wow, that's a, hmm. there's a lot of when I was doing research for this originally, there was an entire I think this website's been taken down. There was an entire website dedicating to proving that Leo Frank was guilty the entire time and that it's really against this and has an entire section dedicated to like Jason Robert Brown and Alfred Urie are just the Hollywood elite trying to rewrite history to their like it's a very anti-Semitic website, like a horrifically terrible I mean, website. I'm not surprised. I the thing is, I think the thing the show should have done is just not implicated anybody. I it think... doesn't matter who did it. It's just that a, a like a miscarriage of justice still took place. <laughs> I think the writers believe that they did that, um, which is the almost the worst part. <laughs> um, I let's talk about the songs for a minute. Sure. Was there anyone that really stuck with you? Like one that's like, oh, that's that that struck me. Um, I liked the It's Not Over Yet song. Yes. I also that song is gorgeous. I, yeah. That one was really great because that like that's like the moment where like their relationships hit like a really cool turning point and it's fun to see that he's he's like yeah lucille and me and my wife is cool and like that's a, that's just a, he's just i'm a suddenly wife a wife guy yeah he's become a wife guy and it's wholesome <laughs> i like that um i actually thought that a really interesting number was the one where the little girls are singing at the trial and then um i don't remember the name of it but the but the one where like a fantasy version of leo yes. just starts leching it up on stage and honestly i hate to say this that was when jeremy jordan was probably at his best in the show <laughs> that's where he's more comfortable so let's <laughs> let's think about that scene first it's the come up to my office in the factory girls where yes. the girls are been coached into saying this specific thing and they're all singing it in a round which is a brilliant way to show someone being coached i i I, there's never been like a proper courtroom musical outside of this but that was such a brilliant musical idea effectively executed come on come on come on saying the same thing even without it being in the round it's the the they're saying the same thing and you're just like oh 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then this like fantasy version of Leo acts out what they're describing, where uh, he's just hitting on mm -hmm. each of the girls. And honestly, it's the moment where, yeah, I thought Jeremy Jordan was the most convincing and the 2009 guy was the most cartoonish. <laughs> well, I think that's a part of me is I love Tiara Knight. I think he's a great actor. Um, I think it's really effective when you have someone that's really set, settled into that Leo role where they're very uncomfortable and then you just get to see what it looks like when they're not that person, which is I why mean, I think it, it works when he goes cartoony. It's it does, goes it cartoony. does work in a way because it, it highlights the absurdity of this yes. sort of farce that they're playing out. But yeah, no, it was really weird to Jeremy Jordan and be like, this is a fun. Also, um, there was a long applause after one of the songs in the concert. I think it was the mom's song during That's the rough. That's yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't like how long you're applauding after she's like, Jew. I was like, oh, God, stop applauding. There was this, I, it might not have been that one. I don't remember. I just remember. The no, no, no. I just remembered because they didn't applaud after that one because obviously it was after that's what he said because it's um, uh, Josh Henry and he just did a good job, but they yeah, didn't no, quite know that... how to react to that one. Oh, maybe. I, I, I just remember there was a long applause somewhere that I was like, oh, don't applaud that. Uh, <laughs> um, the sing that guy was a great singer. He was. Yes. Uh, I just yeah the the mom's number the yeah. where she's singing about my her mother, daughter. My daughter will forgive me. I I thought that was one of the better moments in the concert because she really uh the the lady in the 2009 one so quiet I would have missed it. Um, and she's just like she's just like chew, and then the two the the concert lady she's chew, and I again <laughs> I I almost fucking jump scared me <laughs> like it, it does the job it's the same effect of the end of if you could see her from cabaret oh, that's exactly like it what sneaks I thought of. up on you oh it's i i thought of that exact same thing yes the first time i saw cabaret i i had a very similar reaction of like huh! um and it's really funny. I recently watched Cabaret with some friends. Uh, oh, that, that's a that's a rough movie night. I, uh, uh, my friend, I'm friends with David J. Badley, and they were mm -hmm. making uh, that video about Cabaret, which if you haven't seen it, you should. Yeah. Um, and uh, another a mutual friend of ours, Aaronock, hadn't seen Cabaret. So just like three of us watched it. I hadn't seen it in a while. And uh, and then a, a fourth friend. So yeah, there was just a bunch of us on Discord watching Cabaret, and it was really funny because <laughs> Aaronock and and uh, my other friend Molly hadn't seen Cabaret before. So that number's happening, and I know it's coming, and David knows what's yeah. coming, and I'm the only Jew in the room, and uh, it, dead silence, complete silence, and finally I just was like, but up, up, but up, just just to break the tension, they were like, I knew something racist was gonna happen. I didn't know it was gonna be that. <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's it's very effective i thought i thought that was very well done um mm -hmm. um because i i maybe i'm gonna say something here and maybe you'll disagree with me mm. I, I think this would actually be one of the few musicals that would translate fairly well to film i was thinking about that and i don't know it, it really depends on how you shoot it because mm -hmm. I, I think you could fuck it up really easily oh i agree there um, I know Spielberg, to the Schindler's List stuff that you brought up in that incredible video you made. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, uh, but I do think he might be able to kind of He'd do be the this right a little kind better. Of sensationalist. For yeah. This. 
I, I do agree because he's he's a kind of a sensationalist filmmaker and that works for certain projects. I think Schindler's List has its place. I'll just say that. It's it's not yeah. a bad movie. I just think it's not the only one you should watch. Oh, that's no, I, I, um, I agree. But I think that this my, my problem with Schindler's List. And, um, <laughs> Here we go. Is that. I think Spielberg by his nature is an entertainer at heart and he just can't turn that brain off where most of that movie just looks like Indiana Jones. And there's like weirdly out of place jokes about like Schindler wanting the hot secretary. And then the only good one is the quote unquote ugly one. Like those are the things that I'm like, this is not the movie for that Spielberg. I honestly barely remember that stuff. The stuff that sticks with me mostly is just the very gratuitous violence. There's a lot of it. It's, it's, yes. it's intended to shock. And uh, I guess that has a place if you need to be shocked, but most Jewish people don't. <laughs> I agree with that, but I feel like it's made even worse because there's just weird comedy moments in that. There's weird, like, high comedy moments in there. And then you've got the... <sighs> All right. Remember the gun jam scene in Schindler's List? Yes, I do. That is one of the most like idiotic scenes in a film. Spielberg and it's has disgusting. a really weird, dark sense of humor, and it shows up. It works better in Saving Private Ryan. Yes. There is there is a beat in Saving Private Ryan on the beaches scene when um a guy gets shot in the helmet. And he is surprised that he didn't die. And he takes off his helmet to like look at it, and then he gets shot in the head. It's that beat, but for longer. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now, all those types of things that I think uh, bring down Schindler's List, I think would really heighten parade. No, I, I think it would. I think it would work really well for this because it's very theatrical, and he is very theatrical. Yeah. So, like, I think, I think he, and also he has a good, a good impulse for when to keep it wide. Which I think there are certain scenes, like courtroom scenes, where you would want to film it a bit like it is on stage, and just kind of not be doing like chicago style oh chicago's a show with courtroom stuff hey oh yeah um, but i i think that's that uh, that would not translate in the same way no no i just i just <laughs> thought of it you said you couldn't think of other courtroom musicals you're right, you're like, right, oh, you're chicago. Right. um but uh but uh yeah no like it, it shouldn't look like chicago i would i would, <laughs> it would that would be bad that would be very bad if they film parade like chicago yeah um yeah <laughs> um I, honestly if spielberg only does one other musical outside of west side story and west side story might be like the only like use of spielberg i've enjoyed in the last 10 years um <laughs> it should be parade <laughs> oh are you a big ready player one defender <laughs> Oh no 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 no! Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like, it can't it can't be all bad. I feel the like last there good one been... was Bridge of Spies. I think that was the last one I enjoyed. And uh, yeah. I didn't like Bridge of Spies that much. <laughs> I mean, that was just me getting credit. I didn't like the BFG. Oh, I did like the BFG. I thought that was fun. It was so weird. <laughs> it, it is very weird. I will give you that. Um, I enjoyed that. I thought it was cute. Oh my gosh! Like, why? Are, what else has he done in the last ten years? I still stand by my statement, no matter what um the post no did he the post the bfg what was that did you do catch me if you can was that him? yes he did that was I in like 2002 that. though that was okay. like over 20 years ago oh. 20 years ago this year so <laughs> 10 years last okay. 10 years White, i need West to Side watch Story. munich i feel like munich is good i feel like it's I, I have a feeling that one is munich a, is complicated yeah i know and it's made by a jew so i'm i i would be very interested to hear your opinion on munich honestly i would love to just start a film podcast be able to talk about the things like this but munich a might have the worst sex scene ever put to film <laughs> okay that's <laughs> um you'll know it when you see it i mean 
I, I sure will. It's like pornography, you know, when you see it. It's, it's not even that. It's just a badly done scene. I mean, listen, I don't like most sex scenes. I've talked about being ace before. Like, they don't do anything for me. <laughs> guilty doesn't have to walk the plank it means the gallows still are vacant and we've got my wife to thank it means you shouldn't underestimate lucille and leo frank cause this is not why don't you give a cheese rating for parade just to wrap this all up what's your overall thoughts on parade and your cheese rating it's official. Uh, you're 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 on the show. You've got to give one. Oh. No, I know. I'm trying to think of like a a kosher brand of cheese. I don't know. It's kosher mozzarella. Hell yeah, um, that's incredible. And you liked Parade. I'm gonna assume that. Yeah. No, I did. I did. I don't know that I'd revisit it again, but I did like it. I will say it's one of those shows that'll creep up on you. Like if a song from it comes up on your shuffle. That that usually gets me in. I'm like, well, now I got to start that album from the start. Mm, I like. The- Granted, I often songs have to kind of I have to listen to songs a lot before they kind of stick with me sometimes like that's and that was kind of the case with this like I'm not walking away really remembering the tune of most of the songs I remember they were nice. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I don't know that these would go on my shuffle. I'm too busy listening to RRR over and over again. That's fair. I, f- I feel like by the end of the year we have to cover that on the show. I feel like that's like a perfect fodder. <laughs> Do it! talk about when a man punches a tiger i I feel like it's like the perfect goofy cheesy musical that's also making me so happy also i've been told by people from india it's not technically a musical but also the way it's been explained to me is that it's not a musical except when it is (laughs) (laughs) because it's three hours long and 30 genres packed into one movie so it isn't technically a musical but sometimes it does stop to be a musical I I, I want to see it, but also I don't have three hours to kill at this given moment in my life. Find three hours. I really want to. Also, just know that when you're watching it on Netflix, it's um, the movie is actually originally in Telugu, but it is on Netflix only available dubbed in Hindi. So you what will be the fuck. Uh huh. So you will be reading subtitles, and they will be dubbed. <laughs> Can I purchase the movie? And Not the yet. I've language? been looking for it to be available on Blu-ray, but it has been in theaters a little bit. I did see it in theaters twice. <laughs> it was. I got to see it in Telugu in theaters. It was great. <laughs> they, had, they had an. They had an intermission, and it was. Oh. And it was. Yeah. The, uh, a lot of films from India have intermissions because they're long. Um, yes. So when Thank the God. movie just randomly comes to this wild screen at about 90 minutes and then the movie just starts again, that was the intermission. They don't include the, ta- the where it says interval. So it just goes back to the movie on Netflix, which is a little wild. But they did. Oh, come inter- on. I, I want to pee at home, too. Yeah. But they've said interval with three R's. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Interval. I can, 
Yeah, I literally was walking to the bathroom going, <laughs> interval. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was great. So um, you should watch that. Find three hours. It will make you happy after listening to Parade. <laughs> Parade makes me happy. You know, like How? that kind of sad happy. How? Where is the joy? The All I see is trauma. The joy is the catharsis, to be honest. <laughs> like sometimes you just know you need... Whoa. Sometimes you know you just need to feel something and get an emotion out, and uh, like so, that's the kind of th- feeling I have after I finish listening to Parade. All right, okay. Hey, that. W- we all got this, Lady Knight. Why don't you promote your incredible content for the world to find? Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I talk about film theory and feelings, and um, my most recent video is being fucked over by Lionsgate. (laughs) Um, But if you live in America, you can watch it, and if you don't live in America, download a VPN (laughs) and send your location to America. People have been commenting that they're doing that, and I'm like, good, do it. I'm so mad. (laughs) I'm so mad. I couldn't edit it anymore because it was making me sad, so I just needed to get it done. And um, uh, yeah, or you can watch it on Nebula. It is available in full on Nebula. It's just behind a paywall, which is frustrating with this subject matter. Um, but I do videos about film theory and, th- and feelings, and not all of them are, are sad. Um, some of them are not sad. <laughs> Rise of the Guardians video, one of the best videos on the internet. Oh, thank you. I'm, I want to do something really, really dumb next. I honestly thought about like if RRR was available on Blu-ray, I would think about that. But like, I don't know, I'm like maybe a retrospective of the Fast and Furious movies. Maybe I'll talk about Ever After. Like, I'm just like, I need to do something stupid. (laughs) Honestly, an Ever After video, I think it's about, it's time that we need something like that. There's no behind the scenes on that movie. None. Nothing. I've bought the Blu-ray. It is empty. And like, I found like three articles where like Drew Barrymore like was like, oh yeah, I remember that movie and like talked a little bit about her costumes or something. Like very, very little. I legit might try to like email people from that movie and be like, can you tell me about Ever After? Please tell please, me anything I about this know. movie. Just tell me how this movie exists, please. Please, please tell me about it. Douglas, what's his face? He played the prince. He's not doing a lot. Douglas Walker? <laughs> no. Email him. No! <laughs> your your fixation with Doug Walker. <laughs> you need therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the meme has died now. Um, we got a, we got an angry review on our iTunes about it, so I think we have to officially end the now meme. Just, just know that you, if you need to do a Mickey Mouse impression, it's just your Doug Walker voice. It's That's... a very good Mickey Mouse. It but... sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I, I, I I don't disagree, but it always gives Andrew like such a lightness. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> I bring him up. <laughs> But it it brought me such joy. But I've memed too close to the sun, I've discovered. Oh, no, you girl boss too hard. I girl boss too hard and Doug Walker too far. No. <laughs> this was such a joy. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope you had fun. I can't wait till you come back on and we talk about the, the, the super special one. We, we got this one. We've been playing this one for a while, guys. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Get ooky spooky. <laughs> All Get right. Ooky spooky. Get some whiskey. Yes. Yes. All right. We'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 